Welcome to the Reinvent Your World broadcast. My name is Donna Woolham and I'm your host. My goal is for every woman to know that God loves you and He's for you. And no matter where you are today, you can start right now and create an incredible new life. Let's get started into the show, okay? Hello there, everyone. It's so good to be back with you today. I have the honor and privilege of introducing to you Ashley Cutler. Now, Ashley is a gal from Baltimore, Maryland. She was born and raised there, still lives there with her pretty new husband. She's only been married for just a few months. Ashley is a mental health therapist, a spiritual coach with a background in social work and behavioral science. And one of the things that she loves to do is to help people become stronger in their everyday life. And she does that through coaching. She does that through training. She is on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn. And she has a beautiful Facebook community called Adorned with a Purpose. Ashley, I'm so glad to be able to be with you today. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Donna. I'm really glad to be here as well and to talk with you today. So thank you for having me and extending this invitation to me. Oh, it's my honor, my honor. And I know the audience today is just going to love you. Yeah, we live such unusual lives these days. Some of us are locked in, some of us don't lock in. We have lots of different rules and regulations all around our lives. But I would love to know, Ashley, and I I do this because I want people to get a peek into your everyday life before you begin to tell your incredible story. So could you tell us what a normal day is like for you? Yep, I sure can. And my days kind of vary um, depending on my schedule. So I only do therapy now on Tuesdays and Thursdays from 9 to 2, and that was a part of me kind of condensing my time because I knew that 40 hours a week for therapy was becoming too much for me. So I had to learn how to scale it back so that I can still engage and provide mental health therapy but be able to take care of myself while I'm doing it. So... That is how usually my Tuesdays and Thursdays look. And usually on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, I'm doing a lot of work on the coaching program and on the coaching side. So it allows me to have you know, some balance in both. And I think when you have that balance, you're less likely to burn out. Because when you're busy like that and you're only devoting it to one thing, it's easy to get burnt out and to get tired and not take breaks. So I try to really balance my time so that way I am not going through that. Oh, that is so true. And so much wisdom, so much wisdom for you early in when you're a young woman and you have a new career and a new marriage and uh, not a new career, you have an established career and then your coaching business and to be able to know that all of that is so critically important in that balance. Thank you for sharing those things with us. You, you told me that you love family, and family is like the number one thing for you. So was it a struggle for you to balance 
all of that in the early days of your marriage? I mean, you know, you've got your, your parents and your nephews and your siblings and your nieces, and now you've got this wonderful new husband. Was that a challenge for you to balance that with your mental health, uh, mental health business and your coaching? Was that a struggle? Certainly it was. It was even more so because at that time I was working at a previous job and that job was 40 hours a week doing therapy. Mm -hmm. And then I was still doing coaching. And then I was also trying to take care of myself (laughs) and tend to (laughs) all in that process. And the reason I left that job was because it was just becoming too much. It was too much stress and self-care was really not happening. And when you're working with people and you're helping them and you're getting exposed to other people's traumas and problems, you really do have to take care of yourself. It's really, really important. And so if the self-care wasn't happening, then I wasn't tending to relationships. And so it was like I didn't have anything to give anyone else apart Mm -hmm. from my job and my clients. And it was becoming problematic. So... um, in August, actually, I left that job. My husband had said, you know, this is causing stress, and I think that for the better of our relationship and for the better for yourself, that you need to step away from this job. And I was comfortable there, so it was hard to kind of let go, and it took a lot of faith to be able to say, what's next, and to Mm -hmm. take that step out. So once I did that, it kind of helped because then I had more time and I could tend more to my relationships and have more, you know, time to talk to people because it was to a point where I didn't even want to talk on the phone on the weekends because I was talking virtually essentially all week. And Mm -hmm. so I really didn't have time for people. It was just really busy. So it's been helpful to have that break because now I can, you know, spend a little bit more time with family and still have time for my husband. And as you said, with me being newly married, getting into the roles and expectations, (laughs) you know, the the cleaning and how do you, you know, tend to a household and make sure that you can support your husband and that he can go to work and he knows that his household is going to be taken care of or he knows that he can trust you. He knows that he can lean on you. And so being able to those roles as well was an adjustment. So I think I've gotten a little bit better at it than married <laughs> and was still in the thick of things. But now I'm you know I'm learning and I'm growing and it's almost been about five months of marriage. So um, I'm definitely learning a lot about myself during this process. <laughs> <laughs> I bet that's true. I bet yeah. that's true. Um I love that. I love your your just vulnerability and your honesty in that. And I know personally as a coach myself that you have to be willing to talk to people if you're going to be a coach. So to not want to talk to people, that's not really great, not great for anything. So, yeah, that I and I love that you know, that you guys could work on that together and the power of transforming your life together. That, that was really, really powerful. Thank you for sharing that, that piece of your life with us. You know, Ashley, our program, my program here on Reinvent Your World is about giving 
help to women or insight to women who maybe have found themselves kind of stuck in a place in their life. They've experienced what I call a life-altering event. And some of those events are not so great, and some of them are great. But we can find ourselves stuck right in the middle, not knowing what to do next. And so when we chatted about uh, you coming on the broadcast, you said that you did have a story that you could share with the audience. And so I'd like to just give you an opportunity now to just tell us about a life situation for you and how that changed things for you and how you've walked through that. Yes, absolutely. So um, one of the life-changing events that happened, and it changed things very quickly, when I was 16, I was diagnosed with the autoimmune disease. So if you think and put yourself in place of you're 15, about to go on 16, and you think about where you were at in life. And so right before my 16th birthday, I randomly got sick. My immune system was attacking my kidneys. And first they said that there was nothing wrong. And after like a whole day in the ER, one doctor finally saw that my creatinine level was, you know, abnormal. And so that doctor was able to get me transferred to Johns Hopkins. So I was still a minor. So I was in their children's unit. And so they did a bunch of tests. They couldn't figure out what was going on. I was there for about two weeks. And so they kind of just said, this is the conclusion that we can come to, was that it's a general autoimmune disease. We're going to give it this general name, mixed connective tissue disorder, which if you look that up, like every autoimmune disease is under that category. So it really doesn't mean <laughs> much. So I really didn't know what was going on, what was causing it, and it caused me to miss school because I was in high school. And so it really changed everything. And it also was kind of a blessing in disguise because I was going through a lot of anxiety and depression for probably most of my life not really able to necessarily define it, but I knew what I was feeling. And so when this happened, I was on a bunch of medicine. I had to all of a sudden go to all of these doctor's appointments. I started to have things like arthritis and things that I never experienced before. And my body was very weak. I had to get um, infusions on a monthly basis. My body was just really tired and exhausted all the time, and it was so overwhelming. And mind you, at this time, I didn't take pills, so everything that I had was liquid. So most of my medications were, like, doubled, and having to drink nasty, you know, unpleasant solutions. And a lot of them, you couldn't mix them with, you know, anything in particular or it had to be specific things that you could mix it with. So there was a lot of like preparing and it just wasn't enjoyable. And it's like, I don't want to be taking all these medicines. I don't want to have to do all these things. And I was so young that I understood, but I didn't understand at the same time. Mm-hmm. 
And so from there, the depression just got worse because not only am I dealing with the depression before, but now I'm dealing with all these changes in my life happening so quickly. And the blessing in disguise part is that my parents started to notice the depression and they hadn't noticed it before. And so they went to my doctors and they said, you know, hey, this is what we're noticing. She's crying a lot. She doesn't want to get out of bed. She's randomly having mood swings. Doesn't want to take her medicine. She's refusing. We don't know what to do. She's she's not wanting to cooperate. This mm-hmm. isn't like her. What what are we supposed to do? And so the doctors say, yeah, she's been through a lot. There's a lot of changes. We're going to refer her to Kennedy Krieger for therapy. And that was my introduction to therapy. And if I didn't get sick, I don't know if I would have been in therapy at the time that I needed it or how long that depression would have gone on without anyone noticing and not having any treatment. So it opened the door for me to get therapy, to have a therapist, and she was very helpful. She taught me how to take pills, which decreased some of the stress with taking medications. And it was a space where I could talk about some things that I couldn't really talk to you about with my family. I couldn't really talk to my friends. And I really felt alone and like no one understood or no one would understand. So I just kept things really bottled in a lot and didn't say too much. So that was helpful with me being able to process and learn this is what I'm dealing with. There's a name to what I'm experiencing. And also to know that other people experience it as well because I thought it was just me and that something was wrong with me. And so that led to me becoming more passionate about learning about mental health And ultimately, one of the reasons that I became a mental health therapist and wanting to help other people see that, you know, just because you have a mental health diagnosis, it doesn't mean that you can't live a life where you are fulfilled. It doesn't mean that you can't do things. You know, it doesn't mean that it's always going to be like this. And so kind of sharing that message of hope with other people. And I know that God was a big influence on why I kept hanging on during those depressive episodes and always holding on to his hand and always knowing that he was there with me, even in the darkest of my times, he was there. And he supported me through all of it. And so I can look back and I can see that he was was keeping me throughout all of it. And it could have gone in a whole different direction and I may not be sitting here sharing the story with you today um, had these things didn't happen. And I think that getting sick at that time, it really humbled me and it changed my perspective on things for sure. So powerful. Because golly, Ashley, we're so young to be going through all of those things. That's just incredible. It's incredible. And I, I'm, fascinated in and around your story that, you know, life is hard for a teenager anyway. And so some of that 
probably your depression and anxiety. I'm guessing your your parents just put off to being a 15-year-old girl and they're probably like, yeah, 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 they're just like that, you know. <laughs> and so for you to be able to have this point of view that your illness, the, the autoimmune illness, helped you to get to the place where it was recognized and you could get the help that you need and also then to create in you this passion to help others. It's just a, it is a, you could have been a person that chose to look entirely differently at your story, if, if that makes sense. You could have taken all of the bad parts of it and said, you know, my life is just horrible not worth anything, but instead it sounds to me like what you did, Ashley, is you took all of those pieces and gathered them up and said, I'm going to use these to help other people. Is that, is that true? I mean, it, I bet what I'm hearing, so I'm guessing that's true. And it's just, it, it's an incredible story. Yeah, it, I was in, inspired and actually helping other people with their mental health has also taught me about my mental health as well, because I feel like it's a continual learning process because there were times where depression came later on and it looked differently. And I didn't realize that I was in a depressive episode until, you know, it gets really bad and then you're like, oh, I've been depressed this whole time. I have been really <laughs> I did not notice, but I need to do something and, and intervene. And I've been you know, in and out of therapy over the years as I see that I need it or as I see fit um, having that support. And I do think that part of with the depression and the anxiety is that I was good at hiding it or the anxiety mm-hmm. at least were associated with these were quirks about me. You know, these were things that I did and I didn't know why. So I would like over prepare <laughs> if I was going to do something or if I was going to go somewhere new, I would over prepare and find out as much as I could about the place so that I would could at least have some comfort when going. And so those things I kind of associate as just quirks. Those are things that I do. But with the depression, I was able to hide it pretty good because I was getting good grades. And really, you know, there was no concern. And so I think when you're a functioning person and you have depression, and people don't usually think of depression in that way, of that this person can still be doing, you know, a lot of amazing things, doesn't mean that they're not depressed. You just can't see it. And so I think because I was doing the day-to-day and I was on paper doing well, if you looked at me, you'd say, no, she, she's doing well. She's a good teenager. It wasn't noticeable. Mm-hmm. Versus if someone was acting out, it might be a little bit more noticeable. So I think I was really good at having it for a long time. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. That's so powerful, Ashley. So powerful. And I'm guessing, I, I mean, you told us in your story that it's through the uh, mental health therapy that you received. You talked to us about how the Lord helped you through that. You talked about your parents and how they intervened for you. But as you've gone through this and moved into adulthood, 
You mentioned early on that you looked at your life, and especially in this past year, you looked at your life and said, hey, this is out of balance. But what are some of the other tools and maybe some other people who have helped you know how to keep balance in your life and, you know, moving through this? Because I'm guessing you still have to deal with times and bouts of fatigue, about the arthritis and feeling weak and all of these other things, how do you maintain balance in your life in that? And make sure you're doing what your hopes and your dreams are as well as taking care of who you are on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, absolutely. I had to do a lot more hands-on research um, independently on my own to find out more about my autoimmune disease and what happens with your body and inflammation. And so once I kind of had that understanding, then I could understand where the fatigue was coming from or I could kind of have the early warning signs and tell when my body was saying, Mm. you need to slow down, rest, take a break, or do a little bit, you know, less than what you're doing right now. So I did a lot of research or talking to people that were really into natural, holistic ways to address autoimmune diseases. And also, my husband was a support as well in sharing with me what he saw. My family, they will tell me if they see, (laughs) you know, are you okay? And questions like that. And so that helps because I think sometimes we forget to check on people, especially when... Typically, we think that that person is the go-to person for advice, or that person is doing well, that person is well-adjusted. You know, no matter what you think about what that person's life is like, I think we should check on everyone and say, are mm. you how are you really feeling? How's everything really going? And you'll be surprised at the answers that you get from people. It may be different than what you're seeing on the outside. So I think it's it's helpful to have those supports, and that's one of the reasons that I really value family and having close relationships with people because you get that support. I don't think we were meant to go through life alone and to not have those connections. So it really does help. And then with work, you know, talking to other social workers, other therapists, coworkers, and them expressing some of the same things that they were feeling at different times during their career or um, times where they struggled with self-care and just have them to remind you of what you already know, but sometimes you have to hear it out loud again to remind you you need to take care of yourself. And so those things have been really helpful with balancing. You know, you really do have to tend to your health, exercise, eat well, I know those are cliche things that we hear all the time, but they really do make a difference, and they really, really do help, and we have to be more intentional when thinking about taking care of our physical health and our bodies. Yeah, yeah, because it's, uh, and just as a little side note, I know that when I eat better, I feel better, and, but when my husband passed away last year, and that was the last thing that was on my mind. You know, yeah. I was just eating things that weren't good for me. And, of course, I didn't feel as great as I'm 
I mean, it was hard anyway, you know, let's, let's get real about that. It was hard, but adding in the extra stressors of not taking care of yourself well just makes things worse. So, yeah, taking care of yourself, self-care is so critically important. Yeah. Well, Ashley, I'm curious then, what is it that, and you've, you've shared a couple of things, but was there anything about yourself besides the fact that you learned that you were good at hiding and masking and some of those things were, were your ways of masking the depression. Is there anything else that you really discovered about yourself in this process that you're like, wow, I didn't know that about me? Any, anything like that? I, I learned I was a lot stronger and more resilient than I thought. And over time, just realizing you have this knowledge, you do have this wisdom, so be confident in it and share it with other people. So I think mm-hmm. sometimes as being a therapist, you, people come to you and you say, I don't have the answer to everyone's problems. I don't have the answer <laughs> to everything. You know, I'm trying to juggle my own problems over here. But realizing that you know, I may not have the answers, but I have the tools to help someone problem solve, and I have empathy. And that goes a long way with someone, just being able yeah. to listen to them and have empathy for their situation. It takes your kindness to another level. And so mm-hmm. I learned those kinds of things about myself, you know, some of my strengths and that I thought were weaknesses, but there also can be strengths. So learning those things and learning the tools and saying, okay, this is what I've been doing, but this is a tool that can be used for other people as well. So I think those are really good insights that I've learned over the years. Wow, that's powerful. Well, what about your relationship with God? Actually, did that change for you? Has Has that changed in the middle of all of this discovery? It has been an up and down roller coaster. Um, once I got to adulthood, I think I started to more so focus on my relationship with God. In the past, I grew up in a Christian household. So pretty much I was always in church, and I took advantage of that and also went to Christian private schools. So I was always getting the message from the time that I was little all the way up to adulthood. And you don't always necessarily appreciate it as much because it's so <laughs> You know, it's so routine. It's regular. You're like, we go to church on Sundays. That's what we do. You know, we pray. And it, things became more of a routine, but I wasn't as in tune with it as now. And so once I started to kind of look at it as a relationship, it changed things. I did become closer to them. But like I said, it's been periods of time where I was a lot closer and then periods of time where I wasn't reading the Bible as much or I wasn't praying as much and I wasn't as spiritually close to him. And I can look back at those times and see what was happening and the fruits were different. 
during those times. So I can see the contrast of what it's like when I am doing those things and when I'm not. And at the beginning of the pandemic, everybody had to kind of sit with themselves. We all had to stop. A lot of the distractions weren't there anymore. And so one of the things that I started to do was focus on my relationship with God. And I had read Purpose Driven Life and started to do research about people or books or other studies that talked about this concept of living a purpose-driven or purposeful life. And so I started to be intentional and grab some strategies that could help me be purposeful in things like prayer, reading the Bible, doing a devotion. And so I adapted certain strategies and said, I'm really going to be purposeful and intentional about doing these things because they're going to help my relationship with God and they are going to strengthen that relationship and looking at it as I would any other relationship. So when I was dating my husband, it was important that I spent time with him. It was important that I got to know him. So taking those things and saying, well, why can't I do that with Jesus? I get to, need to get to know who he is. I need to be able to have time with him. Yeah. I need to be able to have be in a place where I can openly say, I love you to God and really mean it. And so being intentional with my time and the time that I was spending with God, that really helped my relationship a lot. And I saw a lot of growth in 2020 in terms of my spiritual life. And so I'm excited to see what the rest of 2021 and 2022 has for my relationship with him. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. Love that so much. Thank you for your honesty around that, Ashley. I really appreciate that. I know that the people who are listening do too. You know, we think sometimes when people go through things and they say they have a relationship with God that they think, wow, they're just some giant spiritual giant, you know, and I'm not like that, so I can't do that. And you're just saying right here in front of us, the truth is that sometimes it's up and sometimes it's down and sometimes it's great. And I can look back and say, you know, it was probably better when I was closer to him, but it took some work. So thank you for that. I really appreciate that. I want to as we kind of turn around to the backside of our interview, what I'd love for you to do, Ashley, is just to think about you sitting maybe in a coffee shop or your favorite hangout place with someone who's going through something similar. And just share with us what you, what advice you would give her, what direction you would give her. Yeah, if I knew someone that was going through a similar circumstance, I would encourage them to hang on and be patient with themselves, but also be patient with God. Because we want things to change back to a certain way or get better really quick. You know, when you're going through a hard time, you say, I'm done with the storm, let's go back to sunshine. But it doesn't always happen that way. It doesn't always happen when you want it to. And sometimes it lingers on for even years. So 
you have to be patient with yourself and where you're at and to be patient with God. And also to allow yourself to feel a feeling. Fighting them doesn't help. And it was interesting what you were talking about earlier about when we go through difficult times that the last thing on our minds is taking care of ourselves. And it's ironic that with we experience stress, the things that we need the most are the things that we chuck. And those things are self-care and taking care of yourself. We take those things right off the table when really we need them the most during that time. So I always tell people, have some things still in place that you can still enjoy or still have some pleasure in. So that way when you're dealing with the stress, you're able to cope with it, but it doesn't seem like everything is lost. Wow, that is so true. So incredibly true. You know, I can say that for myself and dealing with the grief process, being able to have a conversation with my sister on almost a daily basis, and she can make me laugh. You know, even in the most difficult situation, she can make me laugh. And that helps so much to just know that even if I'm crying in one minute or she's crying in one minute because she recently lost her husband too, uh, that we can find those sparks and those moments of joy. And I, I just think that's such great wisdom, Ashley, to... Such great wisdom. Thank you for sharing that today. Thank you. Is there anything that you would like to talk about that we haven't talked about so far? Well, let's see. The only other thing about me is is I used to be involved in ministry a lot more so when before the pandemic, you know, currently my church is virtual. So not able to do as much, but I worked with the youth a lot and um, I would do like programs and put on plays and events and stuff like that, help out around the church. So that was another way that helped me build my relationship with God is just getting involved. And if you're leading the youth and you want to tell them about who God is and who Jesus is, then you got to know because you don't want to stare in the wrong direction. And also, I learned from them and the questions that they ask me are some really good questions that make you think, that is a good one. I need to think about that. Let me go do that. So that helped me as well because, you know, I wanted to be sharing accurate information with them. And I think that also happens with my coaching. I share a lot of information with people and I try to be as accurate. And so that causes me to do more studies, more research, and to dive into the Bible deeper than maybe if I wasn't sharing that knowledge and information. So I think the sharing helps me to be able to also strengthen my uh, biblical perspectives and studies. So good. So, so good. Such wisdom. So much wisdom in these past 20, 30 minutes or so, however long we've been talking, the time has just gone by so quickly for me, listening to your story and to the the truth that you're sharing with us today. 
Ashley, I know that there's going to be people who want to get in touch with you, and we will make sure and have all of your social links, your Facebook group, your webpage, all of that stuff is going to be uh, in the show notes. But if someone's just listening and they want to get, a, get in touch with you right away, what's the best way to do that? The quickest way is either through Gmail. My Gmail address is adornedwithapurpose at gmail.com. Or you can reach me on Facebook. My name is Ashley Cutler, so if you search that, you should be able to find my name, or you can search Adorned with a Purpose and just send me a message. I'll be more than glad to talk with you and to you know, provide more information. Thank you so much, Ashley. Thank you. Thank you, Donna, for having me. I really, really have enjoyed my time talking with you. Thank you so much for joining us today. I really hope that something that you heard helped you to be encouraged and inspired. And in fact, if it has, would you do me a favor? Would you please just share this with a friend of yours and join me over on social media on Facebook and Instagram? Well, you know, wherever you are, I'm probably there too. But be sure and go to the website DonnaWollum.com and grab the free resources that we have for you. Thanks again and have a wonderful living at my best day.